0: From the studio in Sun City, Arizona Boomer Radio presents Wealth DNA with Ron the Ronald Naraki. Wealth DNA gives you insights and methods for increasing your net worth. Ron's experience dealing with local and international markets give him insights that can be valuable to any investor. Now here's the host of the show, Ron Naraki. Hello
1: and welcome. We here at the Radio Shore, honored that you're joining us today. Whether you're on the U.S. West Coast or in Arizona where our guest is, the East Coast where I am today in Europe, ending your work day, you're somewhere in between or you're listening to the archive of the show, I know you'll be glad you joined us for this show. Now, for our listeners in the 48 states in the U.S., hopefully you remembered that after changing our clocks, the show is now one hour earlier than during the summer months. Today's show is a absolute first in our four years since we started this uh, series, this uh, radio show, overall the Wealth DNA radio show. You won't be able to call in with questions or comments, and you won't be able to ask questions during the chat using the uh, chat window during the uh, show. We had to pre-record this show due to my, due to my travel schedule today. Now, on the Wealth DNA Radio Show, we focus on the fundamentals of investing and providing great ideas for building your wealth. Today, we're continuing our series of shows on financial literacy, which focus on building our wealth and for us to help others do the same. Our guest is one of the individuals who epitomizes that idea, since his career has been focused on helping others get started on the right path and/or to build their wealth. I like to start each show by sharing a quote to set the tone for the topic, and I always appreciate your feedback on the quote, especially was it appropriate for the show, or maybe was it the most appropriate, could you think of a better quote, and whether it had an impact on you. The quote I selected, there are plenty of ways to get ahead. The first is so basic, I'm almost embarrassed to say it. Spend less than you earn. Let me repeat that. There are plenty of ways to get ahead. The first is so basic, I'm almost embarrassed to say it. Spend less than you earn. Let me repeat that one more time. Now, I think you've got it. We'll catch you one more time at the end. That quote attributed to Paul Clitheroe. The key question when you hear that quote, is this one of the many financial lessons your parents taught you? And the follow-on question, to the majority of our listeners at least, is this a lesson you taught your kids? Those questions are directly related to our topic today, financial literacy. Blame your parents. Incidentally, the vast majority of us can blame our parents for not teaching us some of the essential lessons in personal finance and investing. And unfortunately, the vast majority of our kids will also be able to blame us for that same offense. Since 95% of people are not and never will be wealthy, they don't necessarily have all the skills, experience, and knowledge to be able to teach their kids. And those who do have that knowledge may not have the time, the patience, or the teaching skills to do it effectively. So go ahead and take a minute or two to blame your parents and then see if it helps. Do you feel better? So... Do you now feel better because you don't have to take full responsibility? And does blaming them bring you any closer to being wealthy? If the answer to either of these questions is no, then maybe it will be worth taking the next 55 minutes to see if there might be some ideas or tools our guests can share with you so that we can break this chain of multi-generational blame and financial struggles. Now, if you're one of the people who doesn't feel it's worth 55 minutes of your time to help yourself, your kids, and your grandkids, then let me just share two simple suggestions to at least help them understand how to get started on their own. Have your kids buy or borrow a copy of the book, The Richest Man in Babylon, from the library, and send them the link to today's show. Today is Monday, November 10th, 2014. It is 9.04 a.m. in Arizona and 11.04 a.m. on the East Coast. It's the only day ever like it, so we'll do everything possible to make it a great one. You're listening to the Wealth DNA Radio Show. I'm your host, Ron Naraki. The show airs every second and fourth Monday at 9 a.m. in Arizona. If you didn't receive a reminder of the show, you might want to connect with us on Twitter, or Facebook, where we post the reminders. Just connect with the Ronald put together as a single word we'd like to thank our sponsor today bi solutions corp a residential real estate fund in the phoenix scottsdale area for helping us put together and share this information with you now i certainly hope you can join us each time we air but if you miss a show you can find them on the archives just go to www. WealthDNA.us, where we list each of the shows, both upcoming and archived. Now, we generally welcome your comments and questions during this show, but as I mentioned, this show is being prerecorded, so it won't be possible. Now, the U.S. equity markets reached three more record highs last week, which is the 50th new high in just the last 12 months. And since we pre-recorded the show, I can't tell you how the markets are performing on Monday. Now our special guest to discuss financial literacy, blame your parents is Craig Merced, Greg Merced, I almost said Craig, Greg Merced, who has a CFP, CHFC and many other certifications. He's the founder and CEO of My Job Chart. Prior, prior to that he spent eighteen years building and running a successful personal insurance and financial services practice. Now if you aren't familiar with my job chart, I'm sure you'll be intrigued when I shared his motivation for starting that company. And I'm using Greg Merced's own words. My job chart was born from necessity. As a father of six, he wanted his kids to know the meaning of work ethic and money management. Tall order. Let's give a warm radio welcome to Greg Merced. Welcome, Greg, and thank you for joining us today for our first ever pre-recorded show.
2: Thanks for having me on.
1: Well, a real real pleasure and I know we had some technical difficulties at the be- beginning and the time differences between us my apologies for that. Now, did you <laughs> was, um, have uh, one of those kairos moments when you started the the uh, my job chart just like Sharon Leclerc mentioned a month ago, uh, last month uh, last month just about ago uh, or, was, or was it some sort of series of events with several of your kids that led you to that decision?
2: You know, I think it was a combination of a couple of things. Uh one is yes, my kids were growing up.
1: And uh, I
2: think the oldest at that time was about 12 years old. And as as parents understand, um, you know, as kids get older, they want more stuff. And I think there's a, a big mentality out there nowadays that they should get it and it shouldn't be really tied to anything. It's just kind of like, hey, Dad, I'd like this, so when can I get it? Yeah so that started making me wonder huh I don't really like that I don't like the mentality that that's just kind of automatically plugged in there and and you so you couple that with the fact that I had dealt with very successful people for the last you know 18 years of my life a lot of them being business owners themselves and I always recognized that they had a couple of things in common they they seemed to always work hard and then they also were smart with their money. And so I thought, huh, I need to take those characteristics and put them into my kids so that they don't have that mentality of, hey, hand it over. And so that's really kind of how it started. And uh, it started my my six, and now it's, <laughs> it's blown up to now we're almost 800,000
1: members. So it's something that I think parents recognize. Very good. No, I appreciate that. As a matter of fact, one of the things you mentioned already, a key point there, is to some extent uh, kind of the post-war generation especially felt like they uh, you know, it, was a, it was a good time for jobs and all of that. They felt like their kids should have a better life than they did, and they wanted to provide them everything, education, the, the, the toys and gadgets and technology that we didn't have available or we couldn't afford growing up or whatever. Uh, so it seems like that. Uh, is almost ingrained in kids from other parents. So you were suffering from uh, kind of the uh, peer pressure from other kids probably doing the same thing to their parents.
2: Yeah, and I think it's uh, it's becoming um, harder and harder nowadays for um, the next generation to really feel like that they will have more or do better than, than their parents have done. And I think that that's kind of alarming too. And um a lot of parents are are worried about that as well and so when you start putting those two things together you think well could they do better than me and the and it goes back to the same formula which is they got to work hard and i think that, that a lot of kids have lost that kind of just work ethic and uh and they don't seem to you know there's a a good example just the other night i brought some furniture, just like kind of old furniture that we were getting rid of, to uh, the goodwill. And so I drive up, I pull up, I get this big trailer full of stuff, and there were two young kids there to help unload. One was, I would guess, uh, 20, the other one was maybe 18. And they literally stood there kind of like, we know it's our job to unload your stuff, but we don't really want to. And it was just like, it was like a good example of, I think, uh, the generation, which is, uh, we don't, we want to do as little as possible here, so we're going to wait to see if this guy unloads the trailer himself. And it was just like, really? That that just drives me crazy. Um, so I think a lot of parents recognize the fact that there is this kind of lag in work ethic, and they want to... Have their kids do better than them, and so they they're, they're turning to tools like ours, and 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 they're really wanting to instill that stuff into them because that's the way they do do better than their parents, which is they got to work hard and they got to be smart with their money. And so I think that's that that's coming full circle now.
1: Okay. Now before we dig into some of the specifics, would you share with our listeners how they would learn more about uh, my job chart and uh, contact you or become members or whatever? What's the easiest way to do that?
2: Well, we're we're everywhere people are, and so we're on the web, which is www.myjobchart.com. Um, we also have a a free uh, iOS app in the Apple Store. We've got a free app in the uh, in the Android Google Play Store, um, and we're on Facebook and all those other places. And so, literally, I just invite people to to go to our website. It's a free service, and
1: and really just kind of
2: decide that you want to change the way your kids think about those two big things, which is work and money.
1: Well, I think in the next 45 minutes we're going to convince some of that. But when you were growing up, Greg, did you have any courses in personal finance in grade school or high school? Of course not. <laughs> not I, at all. Right. And I Just think so maybe that, 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 if, I don't think know. much has changed
2: in that regard. Um uh, I think that there's a i think there's a little bit of a of a of a movement to start doing that in school but but frankly the the movements that have been made are mainly kind of targeted at high school and my opinion is that high school's too late. I've got three kids in high school and and once they're in high school they've kind of got their ideas set a little bit, and so that's just too too little too late. I think what we should focus on is in the elementary middle school market where they can really start learning this stuff and applying it at an earlier age. Um but I had absolutely zero financial training in my growing up years. And and I think um I think that we as parents can't wait around and and hope that the schools pick that up because not only is it not happening, but when it does happen it's too late and the the data shows that you know less than 25% of teachers feel comfortable teaching that stuff so we have uh that's a very large boulder to roll up that hill which is we've got to get teachers comfortable to teach these kinds of things then we've got to actually get you know the curriculum and all this stuff built and and everything then we we still don't know if it's going to be effective. So we as parents have to take the bull by the horns, as they say, and really start teaching this stuff in our
1: homes. Okay. Now, did any of your kids have any of the uh, that uh, personal finance type training, uh, whether in, in grade school or high school? Are they starting to see at least some of it in high school?
2: So here's the extent of my kids' um, financial uh, teaching in grade school. One of this my daughters, correct. Yeah, so so one of my daughters um, comes home one day, and says, "Hey, Dad, we we went to um, this place today, and they they gave us uh, jobs, and we we wandered around and and did things and learned about money." And I said, well, "What does that mean?" and so, come to find out it was junior achievements biztown, right, and so that that's that's kind of a go and act like you have a job and learn about you know money and things like this at a at a dedicated kind of building right and so I said, "Well, that sounds great, So what did you learn and um and, and what she said was interesting to me. She's like, "I learned that lawyers make a lot of money. <laughs> that was her main takeaway." From the whole field trip and going to Biz Town, and that was kind of it. And I was like, "Wow!" So we spent a whole day. I'm glad that you learned that lawyers make a lot of money because a lot of them do. Um, but where's the practical learning? And then even much more than that for me, what happens next? You, you you went and did that. It's kind of a one and done situation. Uh, what happens next? And there is no follow-on to that per se. And so I think that's that's some of the struggle that we deal with as well. Is you know some of these organizations come in and they do a great job in the classroom for two hours and then they're out. If there's anything at all. So I think that that's just a problem, and it's it's not a it's not a a real great way to teach
1: kids. It's just two two one one time and we're out of there. Right. Exactly. At junior achievement is at least something out there. I wasn't exposed to it, but at least some of the kids that were get at least some little, little, little bit of information, even if it's the fact that lawyers earn a lot of money. And it's probably, uh, that's, that's probably more true today than it was when I was a kid. Uh, <laughs> there you go. Yeah. It oh, just seems to be getting, the, the more laws that are passed, the more lucrative I think it's becoming. But you and I are are not typical par- parents. We've got backgrounds in financing and investing. Uh, when you were growing up, I think you touched on this, but was there anybody in your family or close friends of the family that, that had such a background that you could kind of uh, look up to or maybe learn a few things from?
2: Well, now that's an interesting question. And uh, so my my dad was actually um a finance guy i mean he did investments for people just like i've done as a cfp and and so he knew all this stuff um and i just talked to him the other night and um he didn't he never talked to us about it so he was oh. he was trained in that stuff but he never talked to us about it and and i think that's kind of interesting too which is Money and finance, and and you know how much the, the the household makes and and expenses and all that stuff. I think it was very much of a hush-hush kind of topic back then. It's just I had to move out of our house to figure out. Wow, I don't think we're as bad off as I thought. I mean, it, it was just that kind of revelatory for me. Um, so it was is kind of interesting that way. I think people are a little bit more open nowadays and i think that's great because i think that one thing that we need to do as parents is we need to be much much more open with what we talk about with our kids and money and not be bashful about it and just tell them the straight up honest truth about what's going on because that will empower them to ask questions to make good decisions um and all of that but (laughs) <laughs> but but here I am growing up in a household with a guy who's trained to do that, and and got nothing uh, in in way of let's sit down and let's figure this out. Now he was an absolute great role model. My mom and dad were both wonderful role models when it came to um, you know living conservatively and within your means and frugally. And one thing I always did know though. Is that he was not a believer of debt. Um, he he, he they, they just never went into debt for anything except their home, which I think they paid off when he was forty-five. <laughs> so that was an v- amazing role model when it comes to you know living what you believe. Um, but the communication just you know it just didn't happen.
1: Okay, very interesting. So if you don't uh, hit the uh, the milestones and the achievement you want to, you're entitled to blame your parents.
2: Oh, yeah, for sure. No. So- <laughs> let, me
1: remind, <laughs> let me let me remind our listeners you're tuned to the Wealth DNA Radio Show. I'm your host, Ron Naraki. I look forward to you joining us every second and fourth Monday. If you've missed some of the prior shows like the prior ones in this series on financial literacy or you want to re-listen to them, we maintain an archive of shows on Wealth dna.us if you'd like to get an email reminder of the show send an email to me ron at well dna.us we'll keep you posted about future shows and events or you can follow the ronald all one word on twitter or facebook now reminder during the radio show we generally welcome you our listeners to ask questions either using the chat window or calling in today that won't work we are pre-recording for the first time in recent history our topic today is financial literacy blame your parents which we're discussing with Greg Merced. He's a CFP, CHFC and so many certifications we don't have time to cover them all. Greg is the founder and CEO of My Job Chart and that's what we're covering. Now Greg, my parents grew up in Europe during the depression, World War So so I grew up with that depression and scarcity mindset, so it sounds your parents were somewhat similar in at least instilling some of those right, uh, that right financial mindset of, of, uh, you know, managing your debt, keeping it down, uh, living, uh, let's call it frugally or calling it uh, managing your finances, you're not overspending. So it sounds like they at least set the right role model, they just didn't talk about it.
2: So yes, they they set the right role model. But, but yes, they didn't talk about it much. But here's here's the other ironic kind of thing: they they literally did not live on credit at all. My dad has never had a credit card balance. Okay, he just pays it off every month. That he's that kind of guy. But yep. the the funny thing is, is I have two brothers, two sisters, and all five of us had one of his credit cards. <laughs> And so, literally, we would, you know, we needed gas, great. We just put gas in the car. Who was paying for the car? He was. Uh, who was paying for the insurance? He was. Um, he was fine with us taking the the car and the boat to the lake on his dime. Um, <laughs> I mean, there was so much freedom when it came to that. Um, he, he was okay with us going snow skiing. Um, and, and so... It was kind of a very interesting dynamic, and we all sit around and joke about this now, which is, I can't believe you let us do that. But the the I think the, the bottom line is his example and my mom's example of living the way that they lived, even though we were kind of out of control, um, mm-hmm. it, it all kind of – it all shone through, and it all stuck with us because now – every one of us is is very much kind of stable and on our own so um i guess that i guess what i'm saying is that power of example is really strong even if you kind of maybe make some wrong steps along the way
1: Okay, no, good. Good point. I want to come back to that later on with that role model, uh, with with uh, you know other other parents. But did they also or your father, since he was the financial manager, uh, did he manage their savings investments kind of uh, while he was at home, or or discuss that with you so that you could kind of understand what was going on behind the scenes? Maybe not other clients' portfolios that wouldn't maybe be appropriate, but in terms of their own finances, did he did he show you some of those? Never.
2: <laughs> we absolutely never knew what was going on. Like, like I said, I mean, I, I never knew if, if he had a savings account. I never knew if he had a 401k account. I didn't know what that was. I didn't know how they worked. I didn't understand that he got a match from his employer. I, I never knew any of that stuff. So like I said, it was very much kind of out of sight and out of mind. And that's just the kind of the way it rolled at our house. Um, so, it, it, you know, like I say, that that all goes back to the point where um, parents now, I think, need to be much more direct, much more open with their kids, sit down with them and say, hey, let's pay a bill together. Let's come sit down. Mm-hmm. We can do it on an iPad or we can do it on my computer, right. but come sit down and let's pay a bill together. And they're going to see how all that stuff happens. Because I really believe that even more so now than ever, kids are growing up in this uh, financial atmosphere where money is invisible to them. There is no right. you know, pulling out dollars and bills out of your pocket or coins and paying for stuff. It's all a slide of a card. I made my first Apple Pay transaction the other day there you go. where I... I held my thumb on my phone, and the next thing you know, I bought a $300 item. I mean, it's it's absolutely crazy, and it's all invisible. So kids don't see any of this stuff happening. They just think, holy smokes, we just walked out of the store, and we have some stuff now. So we have to make what's completely invisible visible to them, and the way we do it is by sitting next to them and saying, listen, this is how this, this deal works. When we, when I put my thumb on the phone and it, and all of a sudden we walk out with that thing, it sucked money out of my account. Let me show you. Here's the $300 debit out of my account. Boom. So they start understanding that kind of stuff.
1: All right, so they don't think that it's Aunt uh, Janet back at the Fed that's just kind of paying for this because they're in the mode of printing money as they have been for many years. So uh, they, they, I guess what you're really saying, your parents' example was pretty good. Maybe they could have done more for you, but it's becoming increasingly important because we're not reaching – I think the reaching in your pocket is a good idea. There is limited resources. You've got X number of green or uh, multicolored, depending what country you're living in. Uh, bills in your pocket, and when there's not enough, you don't buy it, but when with credit cards unless it beeps at you, uh, that stuff is much less tangible than uh, coins and dollar bills, which uh, we grew up with. So I, I think you're saying it's, uh, you know, we we didn't have great role models, but we've got to be even better role models than uh, we might have expected from our parents.
2: That's right. We need to be better role models, but we we need to be even more than ever explicit in how we show them how money works, and we do that by kind of uh making like I said making what's invisible very visible to them and and kind of bringing that tangible i don't want to say pain but but understanding the ramifications of the swipe or the tap or the whatever is mm-hmm. happening right we have to we have to really tie that closely to this is the same thing as pulling out the $5 from your pocket. It, it really is. It's just happening in the cloud. It's money in the mm-hmm. cloud. Um, but you've got to bring that down to their level and really understand that. And let me give you an example. I I had one of my, my kids um, just the other day. He had done some work in the backyard, and I told him I would pay him $7. And so – I actually had him hold my phone, open the app that we use to transfer money from my account to his account. And I said, I want you to do this. So he clicked there. I told him, all right, click here, click there, do that, and put in $7. And he did that. He saw the transfer. He, he Then he sees the money go into his account. And what was the, what was the, the first question he asked after that experience happened? which is, hey, so what else do you do around say, the house?
1: <laughs> oh, oh, <laughs> like, oh, interesting.
2: So I was going to say the first is, thing he,
1: he probably also wanted to check his balance to make sure it got there and stuff like that, and then I didn't even think about it. So basically he was seeing that that money coming in was a result of his work, and, okay, very cool. That's, and that's what he, he wanted. He
2: sees the connection, right? He sees the connection between I got sweaty in the backyard, I worked hard, and now... I'm transferring money. I'm getting money transferred in my account, which is very cool, right? And and, and you're right there saying, um, yes, the money, He and that's what he asked. He's like, well, where is the money? And I said, well, it takes a couple of days to transfer. And he's like, ah. So, of course, a couple of days later, he wants to see that money. And sure, what's okay. even more impactful, you take that cycle of, hey, I was working. I earned money, and now right. it's in my very own account. Wow, that's yep. very powerful stuff. And if you take that to the next level, which is, hey, when you do save money in your bank account, I match that money, just like a parent would get a match on a 401k or whatever. No oh,
1: idea.
2: I'm matching I like that, that money, idea. right? So, so not only did you earn seven bucks, but at our house we do a dollar for dollar match. So now that seven is fourteen. Boy. His eyes get much bigger now, and he he wants to even turn that motivation of doing some more work into into a, just a much more uh, even more motivation, which is like, wow! I I not only earned seven bucks, but now I have fourteen, and that's a hundred percent return on my money.
1: <laughs> so it, it opens up a big, oh. huge conversation. I'd to come to your house and do some work. sounds like <laughs> yeah, seriously.
2: We got plenty it. we got it. plenty of it. Come on.
1: <laughs> no <laughs> doubt about it. Now, you know, I mentioned in my intro you spent nearly two two decades uh, building a business that uh, provided financial advice, financial products. So you were probably building some rigid residual income from from the increasing number of clients. So did you initially envision my job chart as kind of some tools just for your kids uh, so that you could continue running your business and they would start learning these things?
2: Yeah, I actually went to my wife and I said, hey, um, I've got this idea. I just want to make like an online job chart for our kids so that they can, you know, check off jobs as they do them and earn some money. And I said, I I, I want to I do that so that we don't have to have a paper on the refrigerator. I want to make it cool so technologically engages them. And I told her, I said, um, I, I think it's going to cost about $500. And she was like, what? That is just crazy. We We could buy a lot of ink for the printer to do that. And so I said, All right, just but but just roll with me here and so so we did <laughs> we did that and literally that was the concept which is I just wanted to I just wanna have this for our kids. Every parent I would talk to and say, Hey yeah, I'm getting this little thing developed um, they would say, Wow, that's a great idea. Actually, you know, can I use it? Can I use that? So every person I talked to had the same thing because we all as parents deal with the same issues which is how do you motivate your kids to do anything and then teach them about money? And so as we started to do that, um, it just started snowballing, snowballing. next thing you know, it's this big, huge project, and then you fast forward it three years, and I'm giving up my financial practice to focus on it. So uh, yes, it started off as just something for our family, but quickly snowballed into something. This is much bigger, and there's a bigger
1: problem out there that needs addressed. And so here we are. Would you share some of the tools and tips that are available on your website? I know some of them are even free of charge. There's some some uh, information on on your trip, which we'll talk about in a little bit, and also uh, some uh, parenting tips and those kinds of things. Uh, you know, give us an idea of what some of those are available. If somebody doesn't have, you know, if they're not uh, tied into the internet at the moment, they you know don't have the time to look it up uh, right after the show. You know, give us a feel for what uh, what's on there.
2: Yeah. So the the main thing that the my job chart website offers is our free tool it it's 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 very easy um, and what it is is a parent would go they would sign up they would load their family in and and then they would literally as a parent assign jobs to their kids and those parent you know those jobs are going to be different for every parent and every kid and so you you literally sign up give jobs to your kids and those jobs have Point values associated with them, and in our system, it's very easy. It's a penny a point, so a kid will very quickly start equating. Five hundred points is five bucks. Is five hundred points enough for me to get the rag out and wash my dad's car? That's a great conversation starter. No, dad, I think that's a ripoff, or no, I think that's fantastic, or you know, whatever, and it makes all those conversations start flowing. You give them jobs; they have point values and they earn money, and they can do three things with the money they earn. They can save it with with online savings accounts. They can share it with charities, and they can spend it on things they want or need. So that's the fundamental um, value proposition that my job chart brings, which is give your kids jobs, have them do their jobs, earn some money, and then save, share, and spend and those are financial fundamentals that's that's really finance 101 that's what all of us as parents do we go out we do our jobs we earn money and then we save we share and we spend i mean that's literally the kind of the, the underpinnings of the entire my job chart um process and uh, system
1: okay now you mentioned uh, there's there's that free tool but are, is there a way then you become a subscriber or a member where for a paid paid uh, fee there are some additional tools available uh that aren't available kind of free of charge Yeah.
2: so at this point there there is not any kind of paid program it's all okay. a free website um, the, the other thing that we do offer is we do offer a, a, a nice way to open online bank accounts for your kids. Sure. Um, they're no fee, they're no minimum. They're just a, a great way to once again make make visible what is kind of invisible to them, which is their money. Um, it, it, we've completely <laughs> stood on stood on its head this whole concept of teaching kids about money with a piggy bank. It's so antiquated to say, here, Johnny, do this, and I'll give you 50 cents, and that's two quarters, and you drop them into the piggy bank. That that just is such a disconnect for kids these days, because when you go out to a restaurant as a family or you go somewhere – you have to pay, you know, uh, with a car, sure. uh, usually. Yep. I mean, it, you, you can't even buy a, uh, buy some food on an airplane or rent a car right. anymore with cash. They just won't allow it. Um, right. So it, it's becoming more and more a, a, of of a place to where you've got to teach them in a very relevant way. Piggy banks and all that stuff is old, and it doesn't really teach them in the world that they're actually living in. Um,
0: Good point. So,
2: so that's what we're doing. Is we're just standing on its head all of that kind of old antiquated way of teaching with piggy banks and envelopes and all that old stuff. Hmm.
1: Is there then some sort of sponsorship of the site or something? Because I, I can't imagine you're able to do all of this free of charge and, and, and feed your kids at the same time. Uh, there's got to be some way you're, you're you're bringing in some revenue. And, and obviously, uh, I'm sure our listeners uh, wouldn't have a problem paying for extra services or extra. Uh, features sure, yeah. or whatever else. So what's you know what's your what's the uh, what's the revenue model or the business model then behind my job chart?
2: Sure. So when we do open bank accounts for members, the banks compensate us for that. Um, they okay. also we also in that spend section, the save, the share, and the spend. In the spend section, we actually have an integrated Amazon store where it okay. makes it real easy for parents to say, "All right, Johnny, you want that skateboard? Let's enable that <laughs> as a reward." And then when you earn enough money in the system, we'll buy the skateboard for you. And two days later, it shows up on the doorstep. And mm-hmm. so we have that. And Amazon, you know, pays us a, a commission on the sale of those products. Okay. Um, our system is not completely based on, on monetary rewards. So if you know, if something's really important to go to the park with Dad, great. Make that the reward that the kid works for. Okay. Uh, so there's that yeah. as well. Um, and we do work with uh with with sponsors um we did something with the Cartoon network just recently and yeah you know, we have other sponsors that we work with as well um but that is that is kind of our our revenue model and uh and it's a it's a great place to be because there is there's so much interest in teaching kids
1: these these really these critical um, values. Wow, I'm surprised you can support it on 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 that you uh, know limited uh, streams. Obviously, the sponsorship is going to be key, and and I think over time you'll probably be adding some of those uh, additional features for uh, for subscribers on some sort of minimal pay base or something like that. So, uh, you know, hopefully this thing keeps growing and continues to do well for you. But let me let me ask—I know you don't talk to some of those uh, members who sign up. You couldn't possibly talk to all of them, but you know, you do talk to some of the parents and different uh, folks, maybe the parents of of your. Uh, kids' friends. Uh, what are some of the typical scenarios you see? Are they like your father, where they have the skills, uh, just don't know how to teach their kids, and have never thought of doing it, or uh, the parents that just feel they don't have the skills? I mean, what, you know, what are the typical scenarios of, of of parents when when you know you hear their reactions to this whole concept?
2: Yeah, I think that there's there's kind of a continuum of people. I mean, some people are a little more educated and feel a little bit better about how they how they actually manage their own money and then there's i think there's a large majority of parents and you know the average american doesn't even really save much money um i think there's right. a lot of a lot of parents out there that really feel like oh shoot i I'm, i don't know that i'm the best role model here um i've got right. a lot of my own issues i i overspend i don't save i you know this that and the other but i don't necessarily want my kids to follow that pattern and so I think that sure. they're looking for resources and tools to, to help them instill in them, you know, in, in their kids the, a better way. But I think what happens a lot of the times is as you start teaching your kids, you know, somebody comes into the My Job Chart environment and they start teaching their kids, all right, kids, we're going to start um, doing jobs around here and you guys are going to earn some money and you can save, share, spend, and and you start laying these concepts out in front of your kids, all of a sudden you're starting to think and you're doing this kind of self-introspection, which is, well, do I even do this myself? And and you start sure. having these kind of conversations with yourself or your spouse sure. or both, and all of a sudden it starts changing the dynamic within the whole family, which is great, right? This is kind of maybe the unintended consequences. They, they come in the door to help their kids, Understand this stuff better, but I think what happens is everybody starts understanding a little bit better, and the parents start maybe walking the walk a little more, a little more than they were before, as they were just kind of talking the talk. And so that's been a great, um, great feedback that that we've got from lots of members, which is, hey, we're kind of unified as a family now. We kind of are all on the same page when it comes to this stuff, as opposed to we're at Target and our kid's throwing a fit, and then all of a sudden we got to make some kind of decision on what we believe financially. <laughs> it's a bad place to try to figure all that stuff out because what usually You're happens back. is just buy the thing and let's get out of here. And that just right. reinforces right. kind of bad behavior, exactly. and it just spirals from there. Exactly.
1: It, that before we continue, I just uh, for those uh, listeners that might have just tuned in, you're listening to the WealthDNA radio show. I'm your host, Ron Naraki. You can listen to the earlier portion on the archive. Or if you missed prior shows, you can listen to the archives, WealthDNA.us. Today, our guest is Greg Mercet. He's the founder and CEO of My Job Chart. Our topic today is financial literacy, blame your parents. Greg is a parent with six kids, and we found out earlier on the show, he also can blame his parents. Doesn't help anybody. He can blame them. Greg. With your <laughs> initiatives and companies like yours, you know, and and, and you look at, we talked a couple of, Matt, last month about like the Rich Dad series of books and the wonderful games now available to teach uh, personal finance. Are you optimistic? Kids in the future will be better prepared than uh, earlier generations were.
2: Well, yeah, I think I am optimistic about that. I think it's uh, I think it's it's slowly but surely taking a little more focus um i think it's i think it's good that that you know more and more people are talking about this topic um but i think at the end of the day um it it needs to be something that parents focus on more because they're the ones that are doing teaching we can't look to the government to teach this stuff i mean we're we're so far in debt we don't know what to do um, so there's no fiscal responsibility, good example there. Um, we'd, we'd like to look to the schools uh, to teach this stuff, but that's, you know, limited traction. Um, so at the end of the day, parents have to be the ones that that really embrace this and start leveraging technology to teach their kids this. Because I believe that kids learn better with these amazing technological tools that we have now. Um, There's so much that technology can do to help us. I see so many times technology um, not doing that. I feel like the kids um, are sitting on the couch, um, flipping through Instagram for hours on end, while mom or dad uh, does the work around the house, and it just drives me bananas. Um, But I think... I think we need to turn that around. I think we need to start engaging our kids with technology that's that's fun, that's interactive to them, that makes learning easier for them, and get them off the couch uh, messing around with social media so much, and get them learning stuff that's actually going to benefit them for the rest of, the rest of their lives. That kind of uh, the, the next funny YouTube video is not going to get them a, a good job. Um, right. So we need to we need to get them out of that, and we need to start teaching them things like work ethic and how to make good money decisions and how to give back to the community and uh, all these kinds of things that will actually make them into a solid person, not just a guy giggling at the next funny YouTube video. <laughs>
1: Correct, which gives you nothing in terms of earnings potential or anything else. Now, let me, let me be devil's advocate. You and I grew up in fairly normal times. We lived through some economic cycles, but no major depressions or recessions. What effect do you think uh, we'll see from so many kids seeing their parents recently lose their homes, their investments, their businesses during the Great Recession? What effect do you think that will have? Will that make it harder to teach kids?
2: Unfortunately, I think it will make it harder, um, bec- just simply because of the way I saw a lot of parents reacting to that. Um, I don't, I don't know that it was so devastating um, in the the, the 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 eyes of the child, because parents really try to sugarcoat a lot of what's going on these days, and they're kind of propping up their lifestyle. Um, maybe if they had to move, it was like, yeah, we're just going to move. It's not like holy smokes we bought this house it was too big we couldn't afford it um it's not it's not we the straight it, no. it's not the straight yeah we totally messed up here guys um and we're moving and that's okay we're going to we're going to get back on our feet and we're going to do this it's more of a um yeah we're going to move to a different neighborhood it's and that's it it's just like huh um we're we're missing the opportunity to drive home uh what was forced kind of driven home during this depression stuff um so i'm I'm afraid that we're just gonna kind of throw three or four band aids over it and then um go on our merry way, and the kids are not gonna really learn the lessons that they should have that's that's my that's my fear I think that that it just it just wasn't as impactful as it could have been, um, mainly because the way us as parents kind of presented it.
1: You know, this is the second time. I'd love to be able to watch our listeners uh, in, in, during the show. The first time when you were talking about your father, who who knew a lot of this stuff, just didn't talk about it, didn't involve you in it, uh, and and you know also made some some bad. Ex- I, I could imagine a lot of a lot of our listeners cringing at that point, and I can su- suspect that there's at least a you know significant number of listeners that are listening to that point going. Maybe I'm guilty of that, too, but do I want to admit it now? And Gee, but it's awfully hard to admit I screwed up, uh, especially in front of my kids who look up to me and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, I think this is well said that it's not the – I mean, the the recession wasn't, of course, as short, and uh, it was a lot shorter and and shallower than the Depression, Uh, so maybe it wasn't as impactful as the Depression was on, on my parents. But on the other hand, uh, I think uh, there's kind of a cultural. We don't want to tell our kids how bad things are. Whereas during the depression, they didn't have much choice. Uh, you weren't going to eat today, so you, know, you had to tell kids that uh, yeah, things are right. tough. We don't have a job and that kind of stuff. So uh, well said. And I, I just wonder how many people are cringing as you say that. But you know, some of those kids <laughs> well, that did, and, did and, live through that. Sure. Go ahead. I'm sorry.
2: No, I was going to say go go the ahead. other thing that I think we all need to remember is that kids, if there's one thing that kids are, generally speaking, is they're pretty forgiving. I mean, I think all of us as parents have said or done something that to our kids that we thought, oh, gosh, I wish I wouldn't have done that or said that or, or whatever. And But, boy, two hours later, they're your best buddy again. And so sure. I don't think that we need to be so scared of saying, we, you know what? We totally screwed up. We shouldn't have bought that car. I don't know what I was thinking. I bought a BMW when I probably shouldn't have. And let's talk about that. That's going to happen to you because when you go to college, you're going to want a car, and they're going to want to sure. You know, somebody's going to. It's going to look really cool, and you're going to want to do it. But you know what? You got to learn that there's a payment associated with it, and you're going to have to pay that for six years, right? You know, et cetera, et cetera. Use that as a great teaching opportunity, not something that oh, I'm just embarrassed. I'm going to bury that in the backyard because that doesn't help anybody. It doesn't help you as a parent because you're just kind of you know burying things and making mistakes and not telling anybody about it, and it doesn't help your kids because they're going to likely repeat that if they don't quite understand it. So, right. so yeah, we just got to turn those turn those kind of mistakes into opportunities to teach
1: okay and, and that should you know in your in your tips for parents but i got to tell you that is probably one of the most important ones that we can each look in the mirror and say hey where were we totally honest with our kids in in things that we could have done better and, and use each of those as a as a teaching moment i mean you gave some good examples of where you're doing it uh especially using the technology but i think just uh in general that we look at and are we being honest with ourselves and with our with our kids uh, let's say some of the kids listening to this show uh, will realize that their parents made mistakes and maybe weren't honest about it or whatever else. And and they want to blame their parents for their own uh future lack of success. What advice would you have for those kids and for those parents uh where that blame uh game is, is, is at play? What what advice would you share with them?
2: Well I think my kind of bottom line advice would be there is blaming's not gonna really it's not gonna get you anywhere. So you you kind of have to get over it and just say, you know what? I I'm not going to blame my parents. They probably tried their best and they, they did what they could with what they had and uh, you know, who knows? That's just all water under the bridge. I want to take I want to kind of seize the day and I want to I want to start making good money decisions now. And 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 how can I do that? Well, I I've got to educate myself. I've got to start uh understanding this stuff and really think through things before you do it. Um it 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 just, you know, I think so many times us as parents just overindulge and, and we do all of that stuff and then the kids don't really kind of get it. I'll give you another example. One of my one of my boys has a iPhone, right? And and he dropped it, of course, right? That's just what they do. They he dropped sure. it, the, the 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 screen broke. And he's like, Dad, we need to go, you know, get go to the Apple Store to get my phone fixed. And so I'm like, All right, let's go. And I'm fully expecting um, him to be shocked when I tell him I'm not going to pay for the new screen. But I didn't sure. say anything. We went down to the store, and they, the the representative helping us told us that it's going to be $150. And he looked at me like, All right, Dad, where's that card? Pull it out because we've got to get my screen fixed. And I said, I'm not paying for that. I didn't drop the phone. And mm-hmm. he was mortified. It was like, you're kidding me. And, and then so I said, so do you, do you want to get it fixed or not? And the answer was no. 150 bucks <laughs> wow. that's way too much money. I'll deal with the broken screen. <laughs> so that's, that's the kind of thing that, uh, that we just have to do as parents. It's, it's just... To end up to all that, and, and 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 you can't, as a as a kid, just go through, throughout your whole life and blame your parents on everything. You just have to turn it around and start making good decisions for yourself.
1: Exactly. Probably on the way home, he, had, he was asking if he had any clear uh, packing tape that he could put over the screen just to make sure it didn't uh, get any worse. <laughs> There are, there are. <laughs> right. Right. At that point, you look for practical solutions, don't you? When it's your own money, uh, we haven't talked about your <laughs> RV tour around the country with your family, and you've been taking on charitable projects. How did that? You know, what's the genesis? how did that get started? And how long was that tour?
2: That whole thing was completely out of control. <laughs>
1: <So> <laughs> okay. That, that started
2: as a literally a conversation with a couple of friends, and and uh, saying. You know, with my job chart, we have these charitable you know, connections. We have charities that have come to us and said, hey, we want to be a part of what you're doing. We love that you're teaching kids how to give back and all of that. So we had these charities. And so I, I've always wanted to bring the family across the country. So we live in Arizona, and I've always wanted to bring them to the East Coast. I thought, you know what, let's go across the country and see if, these charities that we work with have people along the way that we can stop and do household jobs for just normal stuff and most of these uh, charities have to do with um health issues so we've got charities that work with autism with cancer with the MPS other other kind of diseases and so tough stuff they they yeah just horrible tough stuff and we thought let's go across the country and just do chores for people at their house that get backburnered when you're dealing with that kind of trial in your family. And so, wouldn't you know, a month later, we were on the road. We went from Arizona to New York City and back. It was uh, 6,500 miles. We stopped 25 places in 21 states, and we wore ourselves completely out. (laughs) But it was fantastic. And uh, the, the the great thing about the trip was, yes, we saw the country, um, but we were able to go to perfect strangers' homes, knock on the door, and my kids were able to serve somebody that they didn't know um, and and just have that whole experience happen. They learned empathy. They learned serving other people. And then one of the big takeaways was we just literally learned what an amazing country we live in and how many fantastic people there are, people that are dealing with really hard stuff situations still sure. wake up every day and work hard and, make, and try to make the best for their family. It was totally inspiring, the whole trip.
1: So it was more impactful than the uh, junior achievement uh, lesson of lawyers earn a lot? <laughs>
2: <laughs> yes, absolutely. Uh it was it was just I think it was life-changing for for us. Um I hope that we had some impact on the people we served. Um and I I think it's just one of those life lessons that will get sweeter as time goes on um for our for our kids and and so it's one of those things where I think and I hope that they're going to look back and think Wow! Remember when we did that? That was awesome, and it and it and it taught me that there are people that are that need help. Everybody needs help at some point in their life, and so it, if you can instill that kind of value set into your kids when they're young, that's sure. going to go a long ways, and I think change the entire you know the entirety of their of their
1: life. Yeah, and for somebody that may not be taking in the full impact of that kind of an arch. V trip. I'll remind them that you have uh, six kids, so this is not uh, a little uh, uh, Volkswagen bus type tour where you can, you know, kind of sleep in the back. So uh, you've got you've got quite a group to, to take around. So this is uh, this is a major undertaking, yeah, just going from city to city.
2: It was it was very tough. I mean, we were we really were worn out at the end of it. Not only, um, you know, the typical day was we would drive five to six hours a day. Uh, we would show up at someone's house. we would um do a couple hours worth of work, which entailed mowing lawns uh washing cars, cleaning windows, mopping floors you know just just typical stuff but 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 work nonetheless um we would sure. do that and then we'd jump then we'd jump in the r v yes, all eight of us and and then we'd go to the next place and so it was it was just Fundamentally, a, a great experience. So much so that when we got back uh, in July, we planned to do because we wanted to go coast to coast. So we decided we we needed to go do California. So we got the full, you know, coast to coast experience. So we actually did California in October and did another um, about thirty five hundred miles and another fourteen stops. So it was just amazing. <laughs>
1: Now, are you getting some reactions in terms of letters, emails, uh whatever that you then post on your uh, website, or have you started to do that? Because I, I've got to imagine the effect on people uh, would oh, be really dramatic. Yeah.
2: W- 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 as it relates specifically to those two tours, um, yeah. yes, we, we have got so much feedback. And, you know, the good part, like I said, Technology is a very good thing if you use it in the right way. And the good thing is we've made some connections with some people across the country that we can continue. We're we're friends with them on Facebook now. We're able to message back and forth. Um, We we feel like we we can continue to watch their journey and and them ours. And it's just a wonderful way to connect um, and, and to make those kind of relationships grow over time. So, we feel really lucky to have been able to go through all of that and, and have it continue on.
1: Now, let's remind our listeners how they'd uh, contact you, the website for uh, My Job Chart especially, uh, and then just remind them about how they'd find that on the uh, Apple Store as well. Apple Store yeah, so, and or Google, of course, the Google app.
2: Yeah, so either way, uh, anyway, you just go to myjobchart.com. Or search my job chart in the uh, Apple Store or the uh, or the Android Google Play Store, um, and you know, like I said, it's a, it's a free application. It's something to really use as a tool to inspire your kids to get off the couch, quit messing around on Instagram and YouTube so much, and 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 teach them that life is more than that. It's 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 working. It's saving money. It's helping other people as you share and then it's you know understanding that relationship between hey if i want or need something i've got to go out and do something for it um and and just rid your your family of this entitlement mentality that seems to have really kind of taken over in a lot of respects so um you know it's it's just it's, it's there to 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 get and to grab as a family and to take hold of it and and really change the way your whole your your family deals with all of this really important stuff.
1: Now, Greg, we've covered a lot of aspects of financial literacy in, in kind of a fun way, and we've we've talked about the uh, influence that parents have and can have. Uh, what are some of the key points you might want to add, or maybe we've missed a number of topics? Uh, what would you like to uh, maybe emphasize of those things?
2: So, what I'd like
1: to, to think is
2: that. We, as parents, are the front lines. We are the ones there to teach our kids, and we can't look to other people to do it. We've got to be super explicit and clear.
1: Oops. Are you are you hearing me, Greg? I just lost your voice. Greg, you're still there. I don't know. Uh, Pete, have I dropped off or is uh, Greg off? Hi, Ron.
2: Your call dropped. He's back now, Ron. Okay, good. I'm sorry right. but I, I, I just all of a
1: sudden lost your voice. Okay, we were saying the key <laughs> points you wanted to emphasize. So let's redo that. I don't know exactly what happened there, but uh, let's just get make sure we get You know, especially when we're talking key points, la- you know, the last thing we want to do is have a technical problem. So why don't you fill us in on what uh, what some of those key points John are and even technology. go back to the very beginning. That's right. That's right. Well, it's got to be part of it.
2: <laughs> but, so one of the things that I would really like to emphasize is that we as parents – are the front lines when it comes to teaching our kids about how to be responsible, how to be accountable, how to to learn how to be smart with money. We are on the front lines. We have to be the ones that take the initiative here. It's not being taught in school. It's not being taught by the government. It's not being taught by the banks. It's something that we have to grab a hold of and teach our kids. And if we do that right, If we can make that happen, boy, that is going to pay dividends for years and years and years. Hopefully, your kids won't be back in your basement living with you. Hopefully, your kids will be off the couch and and not messing around, wasting their life away. All of these things can really be impacted as we take charge as parents and start teaching our kids this stuff. And I think we have to be more clear and more explicit than ever to teach them that what seems to be invisible to them when we go and just swipe a card or bump our phone against something and all of a sudden we have a dinner or we have a, a dress or we have a uh, you know an ice cream, we have to make all of that very visible to them. And the only way we can do that is by teaching them, sitting them down and saying, hey, when I swipe this card, you know what that means, right? it's sucking money out of my account that I just put in there because I go to work every day. And so we've got to make those kind of connections and we've got to make this very visible to them. And if we can do that, we are going to absolutely change the way they think about almost everything. And so that's what I want to kind of push forward as the main message is parents take advantage of tools like my job chart and, and opportunities and
1: conversations that we can really drive that stuff home for our kids, and it will pay dividends. Fantastic. So talk to them, involve them, uh, teach them honest with a whole number of things we've talked about some, some real great advice really appreciated Greg having you on the show uh, being flexible to pre-record with us um, and I'm sure our listeners will will benefit from the ideas and tools available on my chart I'm totally surprised that they could do this all free of charge still uh, so you know, I encourage everybody to take advantage of it I'm really hoping we'll find some opportunities to work together get word out more about what uh, parents can do and what the job chart already makes available for them so that we can help more kids and future generations.
2: Well, Ron, thanks so much for having me on, and thanks for all you're doing to make this stuff available for people, and engaging, and advancing the conversation ahead. Because it takes a village,
1: absolutely. And I'm glad
2: there's people. I like doing it.
1: Well said. Hey, I like that point as well. That is that is another. But but parents have to be that <laughs> front front line of that village, or their kids aren't going to be included. Well said. Very cool. Hey, appreciate it, and look forward to having you on sometime again in the future.
2: All right. Thanks, Ron. Have a good weekend.
1: All right. You too. Thanks. Thanks. Wow. Greg took on an ambitious mission to teach kids. So, you know, personal finance, work ethic, and gratitude, helping others. Now, all parents can benefit from his work, and it doesn't really cost them anything. Just get on and sign up. Now, can you imagine what a wonderful place the world would be if just 10 or 20% of parents thought the way Greg Merced does? Can you imagine how much more he, his wife, and his six kids will accomplish in the next 30 years with our help and the help of so many others he's inspired? And another... Key point, I think, that was in there, maybe we didn't emphasize, we probably chuckled about it, don't count on the government who has the probably the worst role model of living within your means. Don't count on the government to teach your kids, uh, and, and unfortunately, schools are run by the government. If you weren't familiar with the job chart before, as I said, get on the site, Share the link with your family and friends. Get signed up. Take advantage of it. And maybe as part of the uh, gifts on your, for the folks on your Christmas lift, list, get them signed up and get them started. And remember the quote I shared and the book I suggested. There are plenty of ways to get ahead. The first is so basic, I'm almost embarrassed to say it. Spend less than you earn by Paul Clitheroe. If you haven't read The Richest Man in Babylon, maybe that would also be an appropriate Christmas gift for you and your kids. Although our primary objective on this show is to help you become wealthy, it would be great to work with you to help everyone in your family become wealthy. Keep in mind we live in a world of abundance, so just because you become wealthy doesn't mean that there's not enough out there for everyone else to be wealthy as well. We want to help you and one million other people become millionaires and just think how much easier my job will be if we can help your whole family join that group of millionaires. Now, if you missed part of today's show, the link in the announcement will take you to the archived version. And, of course, you'll find the full list of past shows on WealthDNA.us. I'd like to thank our sponsor today, BI Solutions Corp., a residential real estate fund in the Phoenix Scottsdale area, for helping us put together this show. Incidentally, they are actively searching for additional houses in the Phoenix area, often paying a premium, and sellers can avoid a realtor commission. Now, a month ago, I mentioned how I spent an incredible number of hours to complete my U.S. personal taxes for 2013. On our next show, I intend to share some of my ideas, the techniques I use, and any that you, as listeners, share with me as well. Most people refer to them as loopholes, but those people, of course, only wish they knew about these things earlier. And that show is, of course, on the fourth Monday of November. Monday, November 24th, 9 a.m. at Arizona time, same place, same time. For listeners in the U.S., that's the Monday before Thanksgiving, so hopefully you'll have an I or D or two you'll pick up on that show, you'll have much more to be thankful for. We also have the lineup of guests and topics on WealthDNA.us, and there you'll also find the archive of past shows. If you have any comments, suggestions, you haven't received my emails reminding you about the show, send an email to ron at WealthDNA.us or follow the Ronald On Facebook or Twitter, we'll keep you posted about future shows and events. And since we didn't have the chat window and call-in available today, if you have some questions for Greg Merced, uh, you can either contact him through that website, uh, My Job Chart, or send an email to me as well. Happy investing and getting to know more about My
0: Job Chart. You've been listening to Wealth DNA with Ron Naraki on Arizona Boomer Radio. Arizona Boomer Radio is produced by the Boomer and the Babe Incorporated and can be heard Monday through Friday. You can sign up for their online magazine at boomerandthebabe.com.